You've tuned into Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that the messages provide an atmosphere for growth and grace in your relationship with Christ and an opportunity for you to gather together in community, whether online or in person. Now let's go into the message. Ready for me? I hope you are, because I'm coming in a Honda. I'm coming. So, what had happened was, I was thinking, um, someone told me this morning, uh, they said that they're taking a sabbatical from the church right now um, until I get off of this financial series. So, if there's anybody else in the room who feels that same way, please know you're not by yourself. We're all feeling some type of way about our money. Is anybody else feeling some type of way? I don't want to talk about it, but it is, the, it is the devil that you need to talk about. I've noticed, um, Brother Witherspoon, I noticed, I like saying that I'll make you official, Brother Witherspoon. I was thinking about it, and um, hey, Alicia, it's good to see you too. When I, um, I'm country, those of you didn't know it, that's why I call people's name. Um, but I noticed that when um, I go out to eat often, which we're not doing it this week because I'm fasting, but before I was fasting, when you go out to eat, I noticed that oftentimes when they give you the receipt, usually they always say the lowest tip is 15%. Anybody else notice that? Every time, it's always 15%. It used to be 10, now it's 15%. So I'm supposed to value someone who might not even be a good server. Immediately, 15%. And I thought about that as it relates to them automatically including their tip in what it is that they're offering you. And here it is that when it comes to tithes, God is only asking for 10%. But when we go out to eat, they immediately want 15%. And I thought about that as it relates to why are we doing a financial fast and why? Is it, why I mean, why could we not just do a food fast? Um, why is it important? Really, it's important because we really need to talk and think about our finances. We really, really do. For those of you who might not know it and may not think it's that important, there are too many people who are dying uh, unexpectedly and having to create a GoFundMe page because they don't want to get life insurance, because no one wants to talk about death. Let me just tell you something. I know you've never heard this before, and it might sound morbid. You're going to die. I don't know when, but there's an expiration date on you. And at some point, either you're going to deal with it now or your family's going to have to deal with what you didn't deal with. And it, when it comes to church and those of us who are saved, we shout more than we save. We shout on it, but we don't save nothing. So when life happens and unexpected occurrences happen, we don't have anything. Like yesterday, um, and this is no, you know, but I remember a time I was there, I couldn't do it. But yesterday, like, my garage just happened to have a demon, and it broke. I said, bless you. I came and pulled into my garage, and all of a sudden I heard something go clank. I said, ah, mercy. Darius came downstairs. He said, did you run into the garage? I said, no, the garage died thought about that. There used to be a time in my life where I, all it would be would stay dead. It would stay right there, and I would keep raising it up. 
because <laughs> I want to get my, 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 get my arm raised, <laughs> just, just raise it up. But I called and I was able to pay for it. But it was because I've learned I, don't, I choose not to leave debt to my children. It's something that I have to work on. I can't go to my garage and say, in Jesus' name, come back. Come back together and come in here and lie to y'all and tell you I laid my hands on the garage and it start working again. No, pay for it. So I had to do that. But there are a lot of you all, seriously, and I know it's going to make you uncomfortable, but I'm going to go to the Word and bring you back up. I did this last week. I try to make you feel real bad first, and then I come back and I comfort you with the Word. Isn't that good? It's a great, it's, it works really well. Uh, but, uh, but there are many of you all, you can't even think about retirement because you can't afford to. Those are real-life situations that you really need to start having a conversation with yourself about finances. If you want to own a house, what does that look like? If you want your credit score to get, what does that look like? What do you need to start doing to do and take care of that? So that's why we're creating, uh, make sure we're doing a financial fast. No, it's not going to fix everything, but for five days, we're going to take some time just like, all right, Lord, what would it look like if I did grab a hold of my finances? Could it be that there are some things that God wants to give to us that he can't give to us, as I said last week, until he changes our habits? There is a harvest that he has for us, but you can't bless bad habits. God won't blow on your bad habits. There are some things you just have to fix. Say it together. Let's say, I got to fix it. Yeah, I got to fix it. Yeah. So according to CNBC, CNBC reported uh, debt according to generations. They broke up debt in generations. And they said, according to CNBC recent report, it says Generation Z, which is ages 18 to 23, has an average debt of $16,000. Uh, millennials, which are uh, the oldest millennial turned 40 this year. I thought I was a millennial all this time, and I was so sad about it. Uh, don't judge me, but I did. I wanted to be one for a long time, but it keeps varying. depends on who was reporting things. But anyhow, millennials have an average debt of $87,448. Generation X, uh, ages 41 through 56, have an average debt of $140,643. And baby boomers, um, uh, oldest member usually around 75, has an average debt of $97,000. Not always. But that's usually, this is the range, this is CNBC, don't get mad at me, this is their report. But look at those different areas of your generation and see where you fit in that. It could be student loans, yes. Could it be the loan you made to yourself? Could it be the buy here, pay here loans? Could it be the credit card of this and the, uh, I'll pay this back of that and your house is furnished but your, your account isn't? You know, when I had an apartment at um, Woodside Apartment, um, 1335 Louisville Road, apartment H12, Frankfort, Kentucky, 40601. When I was in Frankfort, when I was in college, I had an apartment that was income-based. I know that's beneath some of you. But I had an apartment that was income-based, and my apartment was furnished by people who gave me items. So if there was a mark on it, I would tell people, you know, you just got you a little cover, and 
put it over the mark so no one knew it. Is there anybody like that who's done that? But I'm saying that, I, what I'm saying is, there's nothing wrong with not being there yet. There's nothing wrong, according with Dave Ramsey, there's nothing wrong with doing what you need to do now so that later you can do what you want to do. You don't have to keep up with anybody. You don't have to flaunt and drive something. I mean, you know, let me tell you something. I get tired. Let me tell you something. What pet, my pet peeve, you want to know it? I get tired of seeing people on the book posting in front of their car and saying, look at what God did. Girl, God didn't do that. If you get a good enough paid uh, down payment, if you get good enough credit, or you get you a shite, sorry, if you get you somebody who's good to sell your car, they will sell you your car. Because what my issue is, how can you say, look at what God did, and then when it gets repossessed, what the devil did? Let me tell you when you own it, when your name is on the title deed. And can't nobody pick it up for mispayments. Somebody give God a praise in the room. You don't own it until nobody can take it. Flaunting and saying, look at what God did. He didn't do that. That ain't God. That's just a favor and opportunity. Same thing with the job. He, all those type of things. And I know it's hurting and it's breaking our face and I hear glass shattering all through the room. But there are lots of people who get up in testimony service and talk about what God did and then a few months later, when something doesn't work, your job uh, fires you, any of those type of stuff, then we're asking for prayer requests for God to keep something that was over your budget in the first place. What's wrong with getting a used car versus an Audi? That's what the microphone did. Somebody just take me away. Because a lot of us want to flaunt, and you drive in your bill. We don't talk about this stuff in church. I promise you, y'all, we do altar call longs and rebuke, and rebuke sickness that's really called your eating habits. Pray for my diabetes. Stop eating it. My blood sugar, my cholesterol, I got gout. It's called all that fat back and stuff you eating it and ribs and all this stuff. I just can't stop eating it. Close your mouth. Anybody want to be helped today? Y'all want to go to another church? Somebody, let me, let me close up and let me go home. Y'all ain't ready. But I'm saying, I'm, I can't, a lot of times what we call miracles are not miracles. They're called God responding to your whining. Miracles are things I can't do. I can't grow an amputated leg back and the leg starts growing. Miracle. Someone who cannot walk jumps out of a wheelchair, miracle. Someone who the doctors pronounced was going to die through COVID, and all of a sudden now you see them walking around, miracle. But him paying your car note ain't a miracle. If you budget right, you can underspend and not overspend. And then you can go to these luscious places you want to go to, the cruises and stuff. But you cannot overspend and then get upset. Everybody's on here talking about vacation. You can't afford to because all your money keeps going to some lender. I'm going to give y'all to y'all want the word. Somebody's like, I just want the word. Somebody make them stop. 
But I do want us, not just as growth point, but as a people to be blessed. I don't want us to keep talking about, you know, what we can't do because of our spending. It's not because God doesn't want to bless us. God wants to do things. So I want to tell you this. Let me get out of there because, Lord Jesus, I want to be your best friend. So how do you tackle debt? Let me give you all these things, and I'm going to get into the word. Y'all ready? How do you tackle debt? One, create a plan for the trip. Counseling debt is a trip. Plan for it. Well, those of you going on sister trips, and we're so glad that Portia's back with us. She went to her homecoming and said that was the greatest homecoming in the world. She didn't go to Kentucky State, so she knows no better. But while she went there, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I just had to do it. She said, I'm shady, so why not continue it? So anyhow, uh, so when you go on these trips, you plan for it. All y'all women, you plan your outfits. You change three times. I'm sorry, Patrice. God bless you. Uh, you, you plan your hair to coordinate with what you got on, all that type of stuff. You do that. You plan for it. So if you got debt, plan to cancel it. Someone say it together. Create a plan for the trip. Create a plan for it. I, I'm telling you, Guillaume, I've never heard this type of teaching in church. I haven't. I've heard everybody do prayer lines, and uh, someone uh, tagged me the other day, and he said, I'm so glad my pastor did not get up yesterday, he was talking about last week, and say, God's going to cancel all your debt, God's going to give you checks in the mail, because that's what we do, we lie to you and say stuff. Like, if you give today, God's going to cancel your debt in 21 days, and everybody starts running around the church, and then 22, well, on day 22, then when it doesn't happen, and then the prophet gets up and lies again and says, is there some sin in your life? Because you do know that prophecy is according to the person who received. We lie and say a whole bunch of stuff. This ain't the truth. The real truth is create a plan. Am I preaching? I'm trying to preach, teach, treaturing. Create a plan. That's what Sophia Ruffin said. Create a plan. Two, don't talk about it. Tackle it. Say it with me. Don't talk about it. Tackle it. Put that in the comment section. Those of you who are watching, if you're still there, talk about it. Don't talk about it. Talk. Everybody keeps talking about, you know, one of these days. When? What day? Like, plan for it. Like, I'm 41. I have a, I have a plan for 42. Because if the Lord doesn't snatch me up, 42 is coming. So I can't get to 42 and say, now, Lord, what you want me to do? No, I talk about already. Like, just talk about it. Three, ask yourself. Is it a need or a want? I hope y'all taking notes, because blessed are those who take notes, for they shall grow forever in the kingdom. For those of you who, I just forget to, Miles told me I forget to tell y'all this, but we even have all our Bible notes in our Bible app. So I want to make sure y'all go to your version Bible app. All this stuff is already there for you, so y'all could already know where I'm going. Well, you probably do. You think you do. Uh, is it a need or is it a want? Like, ask yourself that. Here's another question. Is it for now, or can it wait until later? Like, does the outfit need to be purchased right now? I mean, like, <laughs> I know it's a sale. <laughs> I know it is. And I know that there's a wedding reception that you're trying to squeeze into. <laughs> But do you not have anything that you haven't posted on the gram yet that you could possibly wear and switch it up? <laughs> Lord, this, is, this is so hard for the people. Like, is it for now or can it wait until later? Like, will you die if you don't have it right now? 
Like, really? Is it a bill? Like, literally. Like, if you, if you get it, will your bills miss it? Like, if you get this thing, y'all, Jesus, if y'all get this, if you get this, if I get this right now, like, will my bill miss it? Like, will I have to go get an extension on something? Because I needed temporary satisfaction in an area. All right. The last thing, y'all can't take it. Don't pray it away, pay it away. I know. He gave it to me. You can't pray about stuff you can pay. I feel like color, I feel like, uh, not color purple, I feel like coming to America, just drop the mic saying sexual chocolate. Lord have mercy. Stop asking the Lord to fix what you can pay. Let's say it again. Don't pray it away, pay it away. Say it one more time. Don't pray it away. Yeah, that's how you're going to get blessed. Tackle it. You cannot change what you don't confront. All of you, some of y'all have anxiety and Christmas is not even here yet. But as I told you last week, some of your gifts that you're given are giving them to people who won't appreciate it anyway. And who don't care one way or the other. They're going to talk about you if you give it or you don't. So you might as well resolve within yourself. Give, re-gift something that someone gave you that you don't want. All right. I'm not, so if y'all get a gift from me, don't ask me. Was it re-gifted? I'm not just saying. I'm just saying. I'm not, I don't do that. All right. Let's go to the word. I'm through with that. I just, that was just, that was my introduction. So now when we get into this particular text, are y'all ready now? I hope they help you. I really do. I really, really do. If they help you, can we just clap our hands if they helped you? I hope they helped you. All right. And I'm not telling y'all something I'm not working on too. I'm not telling you anything I'm not working on. It, it, it starts with me first. Uh, but when we get to this particular text, we find that this was six days before Passover. Six days before Passover. And um, basically, Jesus was nearing um, uh, crucifixion. Jesus was nearing death and getting ready to die. And the scene of this text was they were sitting there with Simon the leper who had been healed. And they were sitting there with Lazarus who had been raised from the dead. And they were all sitting there eating. That's so basically everybody was sitting around. Uh, basically, everyone in the room had a testimony sitting around people who got testimonies and sitting around people who had overcome different things. And, and when I think about this, and then it says that in this scene, so they gave a dinner while they, were, they gave a dinner for Jesus and Martha was serving as she normally does. And Lazarus was one of the people who was there because he just got up from the grave. And, and now the person who was supposed to be dead is now sitting there eating. <laughs> have you ever thanked God that you're sitting in places you shouldn't even be sitting in, that you should have been canceled out, but God allowed you to live one more time. And people, you sitting around the table, people are like, you ain't even supposed to be here. I mean, you know, have it, can we just give God a praise for the times I wasn't even supposed to be here and he allowed me to live and keep on being here. So that's what happened. And Lazarus was sitting there eating and, and people were coming around just to see Lazarus. And, and uh, it says and Mary was there and she took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the, the house was filled with a fragrance of perfume. And when I look at that about how much is too much and I think about the scene of that and why did Mary do this? And why does she pour this out? I believe that Mary, the first thing she was asking herself,
herself, how much is too much gratitude? I believe her pouring came from gratitude. Uh, her brother was supposed to be dead. Now the brother she thought she was going to mourn, now she's sitting there eating with. Uh, historians say that this particular nard was a 300 denarii, which means that it was expensive. Uh, uh, scholars say uh, that this was probably something that had been held in the family for years and was only used sparingly, maybe sometimes for like a cologne or every once in a while for special occasions. But this woman, did this Mary, did not just use it as a cologne, did not just use it sparingly. It says she poured out all that she had and poured it on Jesus' feet and poured it out in gratitude and I thought about that because there are many people who only uh, praise in doses uh, there are people who only pour out just a little dab uh, I, I'm just going to give him a little bit of this because, uh, you know, I, I don't feel like he's worth that much. So I don't want to do that. But let me tell you something. When you look around your room and you see Lazarus around you, and when you look around your room and you see things that were once supposed to be defined as leprosy, and you look around your room and look around your life and look around your circle and you see testimonies, it'll make you look at your little dab that you're giving and you'll start to ask yourself, how much is too much gratitude? How can I not say thanks for what he's done? How can I not give him praise for redeeming me? How can I not give him praise for what he's done in my family? And how can I not give him praise for redeeming my life and setting me free? And I believe that even though that thing was expensive, she was saying to herself, how can I not pour this thing out on him? I've been using this perfume. I've been using it to sweeten myself up. But how can I not take this moment to sweeten up Jesus? How can I I not take this moment to give him glory and to give him praise and it, it makes me wonder sometimes when we in this moment when PJ and, and when our worship team and our music is going on and they're singing songs like my praise is my weapon and my shout is my weapon and we sit there and we be like oh yeah it sure is uh huh yeah you do it I'm not going to do it and it makes me wonder sometimes how much gratitude do we really have because if you're really grateful, if you want to see the greatest miracle, find me the most grateful person. If you want to see a real outpouring of his spirit, show me a grateful person. Show me someone who just is glad to be in the number one more time. Show me somebody who doesn't want a lot, but they're so grateful for the things that they have. Show me somebody that you don't have to pump up and we don't have to have a cheerleading section. And we don't have to tell you to turn around three times and hit five people and six people and seven people or roll around on the floor and speak in tongues seven times. And God's going to sing for me. He has already done enough. Show me Somebody who comes into the room and says, I'm happy to be alive. Show me. Somebody says, I'm glad my heart is still beating. Show me. Somebody who says, I'm still glad I got my hearing. Show me. Somebody who says, I don't have everything that I want to have, but he has provided all my needs. Show me. Somebody who says, I don't have a lot of shoes, but the shoes that I do have, I thank them for it because there's somebody who have no feet while I'm complaining about shoes. I thank you for the clothes I have on because there's somebody who who has no arms while well, I'm concerned about my designer clothes. Father, thank you for the hair I have because there's somebody who is with cancer right now and they're on chemotherapy and they cannot do anything but walk around bald. How can I not give you thanks for who you are? 
gotta pour this thing out because I'm grateful if you knew my story if you knew the things I've gone through if you knew the things I've overcome you might praise him with me I do not like being around ungrateful people I do not like being around people who don't want to say thank you sometimes I do not like being around church people who always want something and give me something I want people in the room who can say thank you for my breath thank you for my life thank you for my ears thank you for my lungs thank you that the blood is still running warm in my vein with everything I got in my life I want to give him thanks let's do it church give him glory you don't have to pump me my memory gives me reason to thank him when I think of the ways he's made when I think of the things he's done, when I think of how he forgave me for the things I kept doing on purpose, and he kept waking me up, and kept giving me another chance, and kept giving me breath, when I wasted the breath he gave me, I've got to give him thanks. That's the atmosphere. The atmosphere is smelled in the room. Because she didn't just give him a dab. She said, I'm going to pour out everything I've got. I want to know, is there anybody in the room who's tired of wasting your praise and tired of wasting stuff and saying, Father, I've wasted expensive stuff on the wrong people. Giving my body to people who don't even appreciate it. I am pouring myself out on everybody but on you. But Father, today I renew my commitment and say, God, you can have my body. God, you can have my mind. God, you can have my life. God, you can have my heart. And right now you can have my praise because you are worthy of it. And let me tell you something. Whether you give him glory or not does not mean he doesn't deserve it. Whether you give him praise or not does not mean he doesn't deserve it. So you can sit there and withhold it if you want. Because the Bible says, if you don't praise him, I'll raise up rocks that will praise me. If you don't praise me, I'll make a hummingbird praise me. If you don't praise me, I'll make a horse trot and praise me. If you don't praise me, I'll make the dolphin swim in the sea and they'll praise me. If you don't praise me, I'll make the sea back up and it will start waving in the ocean. If you don't praise me, I'll make the worms crawl in the dirt and they'll praise me. If you don't praise me, I'll make a dog rough and praise me. Withhold your stingy self if you want to. But I'll find an animal. I'll find creation. I'll find anything that will praise me. So somebody in the room, give God glory and praise. Because he's worthy of it. Oh, I got my greatest change in praise. I got my greatest breakthroughs with praise because I didn't withhold it. I gave it all. I missed the type of church that didn't praise God based on how cute you were. But I missed the type of church that you went out the room and all of your mascara had run off. Your eyelashes had come off. Your wig was all out of shape because you gave God everything. You didn't care about the gram. You cared about the God of the gram. The God of your salvation and is there anybody in this room I feel like preaching Kenneth excuse me I wish there was somebody in the room who would say I'll huck if I buck I'll run around this church because when I think of the goodness of Jesus when I think of the goodness of Jesus when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me my soul cries out 
hallelujah thank you for saving me thank you for redeeming me thank you for bringing me out Jesus I won't forget what you've done for me how can I forget how you set me free the blood still works blood saved me blood redeemed me blood counseled the debt blood sealed the enemy blood raised me I feel delivered I'm running for my life oh yes I am if anybody asks you what's wrong with me tell them I'm saved I'm sanctified I'm Holy Ghost filled and I'm fire baptized I've got Jesus on my side and I'm running for my life how about somebody say give them thanks give them thanks I didn't mean to get there so fast but when I think of his goodness when I think of the ways he's made I gotta pour it out on them I gotta pour it out on them whether they sing my song it does not matter whether they play the instrument right it does not matter whether y'all are here it does not matter whether you're not here it does not matter I've had praise breaks in my shower I've had praise breaks in my car I've had praise breaks broke I've had praise breaks sick I've had praise breaks at funerals I've had praise breaks in the midst of my haters you can't stop me from praising God because you didn't save me you didn't redeem me and you didn't deliver me can I get somebody in the room that will holler at your boy and give God praise one more time all right all right all right all right yes how did I get there so fast so I'm all right stop that Mario Radford Jesus have mercy Woo, I feel Jesus. Woo, God. Hallelujah. Woo, sorry. Jesus, stop it, Mario. Woo, calm down. Jesus. Let me tell you, on a good day, I can always praise him. On a bad day, I can always praise him. You can't stop a grateful person from praising God. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Somebody lift your hands and say, I'm grateful. All right. All right. So that's what happened. That's what happened. That's what filled the room. Filled the room was gratitude. The ointment was expensive. <laughs> but Jesus was worth much more than her ointment. So I want to tell you this. 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, verse 6, 7, uh, 6 through 7 says, The point is this. If you want to know what the point is, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. If you want more, give more. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about whatever you give is the amount of return. Oh, wait, you want agricultural, agricultural or things? Here it goes. You do not reap an apple seed where you planted no seed. Apple tree, I mean. You do not reap pomegranates when you have not planted any pomegranates. Why do we keep asking God to give us a harvest on something we didn't plant? I'm waiting on God to do this. He's waiting on you to plant that. A farmer has never gone to the dirt and said, apple tree, apple tree, apple tree, apple tree. I call you apple tree, apple tree, apple tree. 
and the dirt's like saying, fool, I can't provide nutrients to what's not here. Husband, 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 wife, 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 wife. The single person saying, fool, I'm not going to waste myself with you and you ain't even a husband yet. You don't have husband tendencies. You still are. Ho <laughs> you can't say magic, magic. <laughs> and nothing can produce where you have not sown. Give me a good friend. Give me a good friend. And the good friend is saying, you won't keep your mouth closed when I was trying to be your friend. You can't be trusted. I can't tell you nothing because your life is like a broken refrigerator. Best friend, best friend. You can't have no best friend right now because you can't be trusted. I want to pastor, pastor, pastor. Let me pastor, pastor, pastor. You can't pastor and you don't serve. You don't. I want to join this church myself. You cannot reap where you've not sown. Is this good, church? Whether it is or not, it's the truth. Everyone must give as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly, not under compulsion. For God loves a what? Like, don't give something you don't want to. You can tell people who give it to you but don't want to. Don't give something to God that you don't want them to have. You heard this story, Cain and Abel. The reason one person got killed was because of jealousy. And God said to him, he said, if you would have done well, do you not think I would have received your offering? You can't just give me anything and expect me to receive it. I made your heart. I know it. For those people who keep posting, God knows my heart. He does. And he knows it's wicked. You cannot explain yourself away to the one who made you. He knows you. You can fool me some of the time, but you can fool God none of the time. Someone said, God, clean my heart, Lord. Just clean my heart, Lord. Make sure that what you're praying about is something that's already in the ground. I can't pray for something. Here it is that Mary exhibited love and devotion because she was not concerned about deception. She poured this thing out. She didn't care what people thought about her. She said, I'm too grateful to be concerned about you. She said, he... I'm not going to get out of it. She said, he's done too much for me, for me to be concerned about what you think about my praise and what you think about me pouring this out. According to that culture in the Eastern time, it was, uh, uh, it was a defamed for a woman to disrobe her hair and to lower her hair in front of a man and nevertheless wipe Jesus' feet with her hair. Because that was not something that, that, was a, that was a sign that she was loose or something. She was like, I don't care what you think about me. This man right here saved my family. 
you can't tell me what to do about Jesus. You can't tell me how not to praise him. Matter of fact, I'll outpraise you because what he's done in my life is too valuable for me to hold back stuff. So she was asking how much is too much gratitude. Well, let's we stop there because I got to get out of that. Brother Barry, she wasn't the only one in the room. Dr. Ness, because Mary was grateful, but Judas was sitting there too. Judas saw all this praise. Judas sat there and he said, does it take all that? Because some people want to know how much gratitude. Other people want to know they got too much greed. When you're not grateful, you're greedy. So you don't look at things through the lens of gratitude. You look at it through the lens of greed. It's found in the text. Because Judas was sitting there and he said, that that she just poured, Natonia, that that she poured could have been sold. Let me ask you something. How can somebody sell my gratitude? If you don't appreciate it, somebody else will sell it. If you don't pour it, Somebody else will take it. I don't know if y'all have ever seen someone else live out your dream. Because you were tooling your thoughts to pour. Because you thought that the timing was too expensive. Let me tell you something. If you don't pour when he's there, who's to say he's coming back in that same way again? Mary said, I'm not going to miss this moment. I'm going to pour right now. But Judas was sitting there saying, that stuff could have been sold. But this was interesting. I'm almost through. Why was he greedy? It was interesting. Because a greedy person, Mother Higgins, was over the finances, was over the treasurer. Greedy person was over the person who was responsible, was he was over the area that was responsible for the functionality of Jesus' ministry. <laughs> Jesus' ministry had to be funded, and the person who had the money was greedy. And the scripture says this, Sister Nedra, <laughs> scripture says the person who was over the money was the one set to betray him. Things, mind you, these people had been walking with Jesus, but nobody knew his heart but Jesus. Could you be walking with a traitor? Everybody knew who I mean, nobody knew who Judas was but Jesus. And it got me to asking a question. I said, if Jesus knew Judas was a traitor, then why did he keep Judas around? God said, good question. He said, because I hold a traitor's heart. And if they give it to me, I can still change them. I don't want you to miss it. He said, I can still change a traitor if they surrender to me. But the choice is theirs. But I still keep them around. 
And Jesus kept Judas around, but never outed him until he outed himself. I don't want you to miss that. Sometimes you need to keep Judas close just so you can keep your eye on them. You don't need to out them. Eventually, they will hang themselves. Oh, Lord, I'm helping you more than you know. Sometimes God will show you who Judas is, but he'll have you keep them around. Keep them around for you. This is taking a sharp turn. You can't remove Judas. Judas is necessary for the assignment. Some of you keep trying to pray, God, if you would just remove him. God ain't going to remove him. Sometimes, Paul, he will keep a thorn to cause you to reflect on his grace. Sometimes he'll keep it there unless you should be exalted above your measure to cause you to lean on Jesus. So Jesus kept him there even though he knew who he was. And according to Mark, the 14th chapter, verse 4 through 5, we find out that the spirit of Judas became contagious. According to Mark, it says that everybody who was around Judas, everyone who was around the disciples started saying the same thing. The disciples started to say, you know what? Yeah, we could have sown that. Yeah, we could have. You have to be careful who you keep in your circle. Be careful who you listen to. Be careful the advice you listen to, because if you're not careful, you will talk yourself out of what God's trying to get you into. You will listen to people, and before you know it, you'll say, yeah, I think that is too expensive. I do think that's too much. I don't think I would do that. And you'll start talking, and you'll start believing stuff that you never believed just because you got con- something got contagious, and greediness is contagious. Mary openly sacrificed, but Judas only wanted to pocket the money. Hebrews, the third cha- 13th chapter, and verse 5 says this. He says, keep your life free from the love of money. Someone say the love of money. And be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, I know a lot of us say, I'll never leave you or forsake you relates to, you know, when you go through storms. And yes, it does. But he's also saying as it relates to your financial stability, I'll never leave you by yourself. Keep your life free from worrying about tomorrow and keep your life free from worrying about stuff you have no control over. If I dress the lilies, will I not dress you? If I feed the birds, will I not feed you? He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Someone holler out, he'll never leave me. Lastly, I'm wrapping this thing up, and she goes on, and Jesus tells Judas, because Judas was so messed up, and he could not get his mind on gratitude because he was trying to figure out what he could have done with our offering. And here it is that finally Jesus says to them, he says, leave this woman alone because this woman has prepared me for my burial. Jesus, this woman wasn't thinking about Jesus' burial, but they use this type of ointment sometimes to make sure that the bodies for embalming, that they smelled a certain way. And this woman had poured out everything to make sure that his body smelled good. She didn't even know what he was going into, but she poured out everything. And he said to her, he he said, leave this woman alone, for this woman has prepared me for my burial. He says, the poor you're going to always have. You're always going to have some reason to give and somebody who's less fortunate. He said, but I'm not always going to be here. 
I'm not always going to be. They didn't understand it because he was speaking in a parable. They didn't understand that he was leaving soon. He said, but I'm not always going to be here. He said, but this woman, he says, she's, not, she's done something that's preparing me for later. He says, you cannot shun someone who is a- actually honoring the gospel. <laughs> she said, how much is too much gratitude? Judah said, how much I'm greedy? How much is greed? And then he says, finally, what about the gospel? Now, I know you're like, now, I don't see the gospel in that. No, you don't. But she did. Because according to the other uh, chapter, uh, Mark, Mark, I think it's Mark, the, uh, excuse me, Matthew, the 26th chapter, verse 13 says, he said about this same story. He says, truly I say to you that wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will be told in memory of her. This woman's sacrifice will always be recorded. This woman's sacrifice will always be told because when you think about me, you got to think about her. Because this woman gave all, and later on, I'm going to give all. But this woman gave a foreshadowing of what I was going to do. This woman gave a template of what I'm going to do. Uh, don't overlook the people in your life. They give you a template of what he's going to do later. Don't overlook the people in your life that's going to give you a template of what God can do. This woman poured out all because Jesus was going to pour out everything. He says the poor you're going to have. He wasn't saying dismiss the poor, dismiss the needy. But he is saying don't give to the needy just to be given to the needy or to the poor. And to give to the unfortunate just to be given to them. And don't think about me. Because Jesus says in another scripture, he says when you gave to them, you also gave to me. Don't give to people or give to things and to organizations to be seen. Give it because it represents me. When I give, I'm giving back to God. When I give, I'm giving back to him. I'm, I'm making sure that this person is fed. I'm making sure that this person and this woman want to make sure that Jesus was taken care of. John 3.16, I'm through here. John 3.16 says, for God, so what? Somebody just holler out, I'm so loved. I wish Ashley were here right now. Somebody say it again, I'm so loved. I am so loved that he gave. I don't want you to miss that. God thought so much about you that he gave an offering. Do you not know that you are a recipient of an offering that Jesus gave? Over 2,000 years ago, God became the ultimate sacrifice so that you would have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave. Let me, this is what, I don't want you to miss that. There is no offering without love attached to it. There is no offering without love attached to it. God so loved the world that he gave. He so loved that he gave that whoever did what? Believed in him would not perish but have eternal life. Last point is this. Wherever there's a great offering, there's a great sacrifice. Wherever there's a great offering in your life, there's a great sacrifice. There was a great sacrifice in order for you to have a great life. 
For those of you who are sitting there and you are deciding and saying you're going to be Judas, be Judas. If that's what you want to be, be it and be the best Judas you can be. But what are you withholding from your life but trying to sell something that belongs to Jesus? What is it that you're trying to negotiate with Jesus that belongs to him? We used to say all the time, your arm's too short to box with him. Whatever belongs to him, belongs to him. Someone holler out and say, it belongs to him. That means my life, my resources, my time, my treasure, all of it belongs to him. And I refuse to hold it back because I want to be a Judas. No. Later on, Judas even tried to sell Jesus out for money. I want to ask you a question. How much is Jesus worth to you? How much is he? He thought I was so worth it that he died for me. Thought I was so worth it that he sacrificed for me and gave everything for me. How can I not return the favor by giving back to him, not a dab, but giving him everything. Somebody holler out everything. To pour out everything on him because he deserves it. Some of you right now, I'm through. Some of you all are recipients of someone else's sacrifice and someone else's seed. The fact that you're here, the fact that you're living here, the fact that you're alive right now, the fact that you're in your right mind or whatever is because somebody else sowed a seed that you know nothing about, that you might be here. For those of us who are sitting here just like, I'm just going to be, keep your stingy self. Say like that. But don't come around me because it's contagious. I can't be around... Thank you for your prayers and generous support that grant us the opportunity to do ministry. Now, this connection doesn't have to end here. Visit our website, engage with our social platforms, comment, review, screenshot, and share your growth with others. And until next time, keep growing.